0: Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe.
1: And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's
0: right. And today we'll be interviewing Roman Mars, who is the creator and host of 99% Invisible, which is a podcast that has over 500 million downloads. And he's also the co founder of Radiotopia. So here's the interview. All right, Mr. Mars, it's great to have you here. So you are well-known as the host and producer of the 99% Invisible podcast, and you are also an author of a book based on a similar subject of your 99% podcast, and you're also the co-founder of Radiotopia. So it's great to have you here. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, it's awesome having you here. So to start everything off, before we got into any of the other questions, I just kind of wanted to ask you... Your podcast talks a lot about architecture and design, but in the stuff that we don't always see, like that's why it's called 99% invisible because they're there, but we never really notice them. So I want to ask you, what is one of the things you've talked about or learned about that you found interesting that we don't always notice? Kind of one of these examples of what you talk about on your podcast.
2: Sure. Well, often the things that we talk about are invisible because, not because they're hard to find or, or hard to notice, it's that we don't notice them because we see them every day and then our brain just sort of like removes them from like our consciousness. So one of the things that we love and one of the first things that we we write about in the book um, are uh, what's what's called sort of like sidewalk graffiti, which is like a utility markings on the, on the sidewalk. So if you live in any town, um, if they've done any type of construction on the street or planning to do it you'll find these uh, brightly colored spray painted marks that indicate whether or not there are like uh, telecommunication lines underneath or sewage lines underneath and and they're there because back in 1976 there was somebody cut through a road to do construction, they cut into a petroleum pipeline, and uh, and and caused a whole uh, area to blow up. You know because they didn't know it was there. And since then, they when you when you're going to do you know like any type of construction, you you know utility companies come in and they they mark off where the lines are underneath so no one cuts through them and disrupts service or, or does or people don't accidentally do something dangerous. And because of that you see these things everywhere. You might have never noticed them before you pass them by, but if you walked anywhere within like a few blocks of your house, uh, unless you live really out in the country, you've seen somebody spray paint an official marking and they have specific colors. So like orange ones are for telecommunication lines. Uh, green ones are for sewage lines. Uh, red ones are for like electrical lines. Um, and they indicate like how deep it is, like what, what company put them there, all sorts of stuff like that. So that's one of my favorite ones that you can begin to decode where you are by just paying attention. And if you know the code, it sort of gives you this x-ray vision as to what is going on beneath you, beneath your feet. And I find that one pretty fun.
0: Yeah, that is really fun because it doesn't take a lot of like, I guess, expertise, so to speak, to really notice it. You just have to obviously walk on a sidewalk. right? And I'm sure I've seen those. It's like, oh, but somebody tripped and spilled their spray paint over there. But as you <laughs> just said, Obviously they did not trip and spill their spray paint in that specific color with that specific design. So it's interesting that actually represents something. I've never obviously noticed that before. It's fascinating.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that we love to talk about is like something that sort of gives you the tools to decode the world so that the world becomes a little bit more interesting. Even the really what we sort of the seemingly boring stuff like, you know, manhole covers and traffic lights. What we like to do is tell stories about those types of things so that you you recognize that there's intention to these things and that there's like designers like thinking about these things. And it kind of puts you like in the warm embrace that, that smart people are making your life better without you knowing it. And I, I love those types of stories.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. We had on another podcast host, the co-host of the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Oh, yeah. We talked about similar stuff like that. He was another awesome guest.
2: Yeah. Oh, so, Chuck so, Bryant. Uh, I, I saw that yeah. he was your guest list. Like Chuck Bryant is like literally one of my favorite people on the planet. <laughs> like.
0: he, he's awesome. He's He's been amazing. He's gotten us other guests he's had. So sweet. It's just been awesome working with him. He's a great That's guy. Sweet.
2: Yeah. I like so, him a lot too.
0: Yeah. So how did you start your podcast?
2: Well, I've been in radio for a long time. So I've been in radio for about 20 years um, before that I studied science and I was, I did lots of other things. Um, I just liked the way that, you know, I liked these types of conversations. I liked hearing them on the radio and, and there was something about it where I thought, well, I, I think I could do that. I don't know why I thought I could do that, but I just did. I volunteered at a radio station um, until somebody decided to pay me to work at a radio station. And then uh, 10 years ago, um, I started this program um, as a little bit of a like a just an individual drop in story that public radio stations would play. And then at the time podcasts were growing in in popularity, I, I liked the idea of like reaching the audience directly. and then it it took off from from there.
1: Interesting. So like there, we've researched, and there are like over one million podcasts. and it's getting <laughs> crazy crazy the amount of podcasts that are out there. And like you kind of mentioned, your podcast is one of the most well-known, pretty much I'd say in the world, like it's crazy popular. So how did your life change when your podcast took off?
2: Well, you know, I was, I, you know, I had a decent sort of, I had a good job. I had good, I did good work like in in public radio. And I think I was pretty well-respected within those circles, but nothing compares to when, a million people listen to you and you're the host and, and like, I was like a behind the scenes producer. So like most of my career, I was, um, I, I was getting uh, less credit than I deserved for the things I made. And now that I'm the host, I get more credit than I deserve for the things I made. So that was, that's, that's one thing that changes is because when you get out there in front of people, all of a sudden people think that this is a product of, of your brain and, and truthfully 99% invisible. And even the book that, you know, like, Kurt Colstead wrote with me, um, is, is a product of all of our collective efforts. And and so, but as the host, you often get a ton of credit. And that's one thing that changed a lot is all of a sudden, like I became the voice and face of all the things that I made. Whereas before I didn't, my job was to erase myself as being, you know, like a, a force, you know, like a give, you know, like just serve the, serve the host. Um, and then the other part was that, you know, I mean, the difference with with commercial radio and public radio public radio always has a relationship with its audience there's like pledge drives there's like things like that like it's it feels more homey it has its distributed network so like your local public radio station in new york you you have a different connection to versus the one that i would have in in the bay area or something and um and so there's always been that but there's nothing like the connection between your audience as a podcaster and um it, 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 like there' there's just something about the intimacy of being in someone's ear, being inside their head, and having that connection and um and making this thing together. It, it, that's, that's what changed the most is the feeling that I get from making it and having it connect with the, with the an audience. And, and unlike, unlike broadcasting, which the whole idea is that you're putting out a signal and people are catching it in their cars or catching it randomly, or there's something about the way that they select you and they've brought you into their life, like willingly and, and, you know, like intentionally. And that intention is a, is a different connection. And that, that, I, that I really love. Um, and then just the idea of like, you know, like it, it became successful and that was just, Weird, you know, like I I used to make things in my bedroom. I still kind of do now, you know, like because of COVID, you know, like, but, but like, you know, I was a, it was like my third job. I kind of did it. I did on the side while I was working on other public radio jobs. And, you know, now I have 13 employees, you you know, that that sort of stuff is just crazy to me That, that I never intended for that sort of thing to happen.
0: It is really interesting. I definitely kind of get what you're saying about what you kind of, how podcasting is a community between the listeners and the host. Yeah. I Obviously I've never obviously been in radio because I'm too young to be in radio. Anyway, they wouldn't want <laughs> me there. I'd get bored <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'd, I'd get, they'd say, Hey, you need to go outside and do recess or whatever. I'd get too bored, <laughs> but it is. I obviously our podcast isn't big enough to where we have a huge amount of subscribed people who are always there, but where it's, and I understand in the way that I listen to podcasts, and it really does feel like the host is standing or sitting right next to you, telling all of this to you in your head. So it's really, it yeah. is really this cool feeling. And then you feel like you know the person as instead of like just radio, where you, it's obviously scripted and it's obviously they're doing this as a show. Right. It's as podcasting, it's just kind of this different feeling, and it's really interesting. I,
2: I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, like I can't, I can't put in like, I, I can't internalize the feeling of um, people connecting to me because it's me. And I'm like, why would you care about what I say? <laughs> you know, it's so I can't, I can't recognize that, but I can recognize it from the point of view as a avid podcast listener. Like, you know, like I've talked to Chuck, like Chuck Bryant from Stuff You Should Know, for example, I've talked to Chuck, you know, maybe three or four times on, on the phone, you know, like we texted, we, we've like, we met and stuff like this, but I know him because of his podcast. I mean, like that, and, and I have a completely like, like, Completely fulfilling relationship with him because I've listened to hours and hours and hours of him and Josh, and so I understand that connection from a fan point of view. Even if I don't like fully get it from from the perspective of people having that relationship with me personally, because I find myself uh, really uninteresting. (laughs) So, so but um, but I but I do but but I love podcasts for that same reason, and I, I think they're great. I think there's nothing else like it in 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 the world of media, honestly.
0: Yeah, it is. I definitely agree. Obviously, I don't have the experience to say that, but I'm just going to say that from my perspective as a fan of other podcasts, that totally. I definitely agree. There's like, it, YouTube channels are kind of somewhere in that same way that if you, you see it and you're, you feel like you're friends and you actually see the person, but podcasts are still, I think, even closer than YouTube channels in that respect. Because yeah, it's like, they're sitting right there. Usually, The mics are usually a lot better. They feel like they're there. It's kind of, it's yeah. this cool feeling.
2: And there's a, there's a way that we help create that. So like I you know, like in the sound design of the show, I, I mic it so that it sounds like a voice inside your head. Like it's, it's close up. It's not like announced from back (laughs) here, you know, like, you know, I do these things to enhance that intimacy. Like it's intentional and it's designed in its own way too. And I love that that's where we've landed when it comes to podcasting, because it doesn't have to be that way. It could be as shouty and as impersonal as a lot of radio programming is, but, but we choose it that we like this intimacy. And I'm so glad that, that's what people have connected with because it's the part that I like about it for sure.
0: Yeah, it's totally really cool. So going back to your podcast specifically, you talk, obviously we talked about this at the beginning of the interview, a lot about um, noticing things and how a lot of things have way more history than we even give them credit for. So that's all very interesting, but why is it important? Why do you think it's important to notice (laughs) these little details?
2: I don't know if it really is all that important really in the end, <laughs> but what I, what I do think is that, is that when you notice when, I mean, sometimes things do have really important stories and it's good to know them. And it's good to know that you're, you know, you're part of this continuum of thing that changes because often people enter into the world and they think the world that they enter into is the way things are and always have been. And so, um, like for example, roads, okay. We talk about roads a lot on 90% of us and you might think that roads were always meant for cars, for example, and you should always move out of the way for cars, and everything should be accommodated to make cars easily move the roads. Well, roads existed for thousands of years before a car existed. They were multimodal uses of transportation. You could walk across them, there are horses, they had carts, they had trolley cars. They eventually had automobiles. They had bicycles. They had all kinds of things that that existed on roads, and we figured out ways that roads could exist in in this world with all of these types of forms and serve all of us. Sometimes it was really dangerous. Sometimes it didn't work out. But for the most part, we just we thought that these were shared common spaces. And about a hundred years ago, we just decided cars are so important. They go so fast. We are going to clear the way so that all roads are for cars, and that is. Fine. It's a decision that was made. I would make a different decision. I would include more pedestrians and bicycles and things to, to make them more useful. But knowing that there was a history in which people thought of roads differently gives you the freedom to examine whether or not you want roads to exist differently t- today. Rather than just accept them as fact, because a lot of times we just enter into the world and we see the world as it is and we think that can't change. That's the way things are supposed to be. Well, knowing history allows you to recognize that you can make things however you want to because they've always changed and you can always affect that change in your life. And so for things like that, then COVID was a huge thing that actually like reset people's uh you know like association with the built world the relationship with the built world and all of a sudden people realize oh we need places to gather that's outside and safe and so we took over roads for like sidewalk cafes and various other things and people began to realize oh i like this i really like this so maybe we should do more of this and if you know history you recognize that this stuff is always fluid you can always have af- you know, change anything you want to and that's why i think it's kind of important to recognize that we're on this continuum and that we we made decisions for certain reasons in the past and we can make different decisions for different reasons right now and You know, I think that's the big important reason to be aware of this stuff is that these know, know, know that these decisions are decisions and they are not like just things handed down by, you know, some almighty force that, that we as humans can make our cities and our places better because that's what people have always been doing. And, and people have made bad decisions and we can change those too. You know, I think that's why it's important. The other part is just that thing that I mentioned about the idea of like noticing things because When you find stories in everyday objects, you just feel like the world is better. The world is just more interesting. You just walk around and you're like, oh, I, I know why that is the way it is. That's because of this. And I've read that plaque and there's this really interesting person who lived in that house and I'm going to tell you about him. And that that just makes the world richer to me. It is just full of more color. And I think that that can't be discounted as being, you know, like that's super important to me. That's what makes my life worth living, you know, is, is stopping and reading plaques and paying attention to the to the built environment
0: it is really interesting. I like kind of what you said about it. It lets us kind of realize that these were decisions that were made, not just like, oh yeah, the road has a yellow line in it because it's a road, of course. Like, of course it's (laughs) going to have a yellow line in it. Uh, It's really interesting. And I was recently listened to your episode on bunkers today, and that Mm. was really fascinating. And it's just all the little things that you notice just because of listening to your podcast and other podcasts that kind of widen your perspective, make the world, as you said, a lot more interesting living in. So I find that very interesting.
2: I mean, that's what I like about it. I mean, that's what I listen to other podcasts for is to not only for the individual stories that they tell, but they begin to give you a new way of viewing the world. So you can take some of that stuff in and decode the world and and recognize like all the cool stuff that's around you, because it's pretty easy to be pretty cynical about things. Um, a lot of the time but one 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 thing that i like about the show is it's made me a more optimistic person like making is made me a more optimistic person because i recognize the hand of a designer making something so well that i don't notice it you know like making uh uh like you know like a curb cut so like that little ramp that makes it so you can you know walk up onto a sidewalk so it's not a ledge like that was a deliberate decision made by um quadriplegic activists in in wheelchairs to make it so that they're more accessible to get up onto sidewalks. They also make it easier for every type of person to get up onto a sidewalk. But you know, when you recognize the fight and you know, the, all the cool stuff like going on to make that possible, I think it makes the world seem like a more kind and just place. You know, when you recognize all the effort that people put into to make your life so good that you don't even notice what they're doing.
1: That is really interesting. And it it is crazy how I've listened to other podcasts, like stuff you should know. And they sometimes give a little bit more history behind it. And it is really fascinating. And wow, this is so much more history. And I've just looked at and been like, my eyes are just glazed over because I'm so used to seeing that. And I think that's really fascinating. Um, So it is time to wrap up, unfortunately. So we have our last two questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, And the first one is what books have had an impact on you and why?
2: So I, I would say the big one, like, and kind of what the whole show is based off of is this book by Don Norman called The Design of Everyday Things. And I, I just, it was given to me by a friend of mine in college. It was before I was interested in design in any way, but it was just this explanation for how design works and how, um and how, you know, like if you notice, like if you've been in your house and okay, and there's like this bank of light switches and you never remember which light switch goes to which socket, you know, like which light in your house, like that's not your fault. You're not a dummy for that. That is the the bad design. And he he sort of gives you the permission to recognize what design is and what design decisions are made for you. And I, I found that just to be a marvelous book. And it's kind of the it's it's kind of the water that we swim in. Honestly, that book is kind of the basis of the, of the whole show in a lot of ways.
1: Well, it sounds definitely really fascinating. And I think it's really interesting. Most of our guests recommend kind of books like your, your podcast. So you kind of recommended a book that was similar to that. And we've had lots of other like doctors or entrepreneurs, and they always recommend books that have kind of impacted And then they they impacted them. They're like, oh, that inspired me to do this. I think that's really cool that all these books have really helped people kind of see like, oh, that's really fascinating. And then that kind of helped you with your podcast. So I think that's awesome.
2: For sure. That's definitely the most direct book related to my podcast. But I I mean- I love books. And so like every type of book has had some kind of influence on me. I would say that Moby Dick had a huge influence on me. There's whole sections on whale biology, which are super boring. And I, I feel like I just live in the boring sections. Like I love those ones like that are like deep dives into stuff that has nothing to do with the story. My sense of of storytelling and how I digress on different topics that have nothing to do with forwarding the momentum of the story is probably Herman Melville is pretty responsible for that, honestly. <laughs>
1: So go ahead, Taylor. So I, I find
0: that really funny about that kind of whale kind of tidbit, because we'll be interviewing a guy later who's a dentist who studies narwhal's teeth, that huge horn that <laughs> nice. they have. So <laughs> nice. that's going to be a really interesting <laughs> it's so kind good. of a side note.
2: Well, his favorite book better be Moby Dick then. That's I, I
0: hope it is. I hope it is. That would line up perfectly. <laughs> so our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers?
2: Well, I have, I have two teenagers, they're 14. Um, and in general, my advice to them and anyone else, even older teenagers, is just live an interesting life. Like if you have two choices and one is more interesting than the other, take that path. Like it is always, it always serves you. And And like you make a life that you can't compare to anybody else's. You know, there are definitely podcasters who, have a bigger audience than me or make more money or whatever, but they can never measure against the yardstick, which I measure myself, which is all these different choices that I've made to, to put me where I am today. And so I always like it when rather than excel the way everyone else excels, like pick something that no one else has done and do that really well. That's what I recommend Pick it, make an interesting, your job is to have an interesting life. So do everything in your power to choose the interesting path.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. We haven't ever had that advice before, but I really like that because it seems it seems really fascinating. And I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a really interesting interview. And I know that I say that a lot, but it was interesting in the way that he basically was talking about, we need to notice things and kind of ask more questions And the reason for that is because, well, it kind of gives us a different perspective on life, which is kind of why we started this podcast. Isn't that right, Maddie?
1: Yes. Yes, it is, Taylor. We did start this podcast for a new perspective on life.
0: Yes. Thank you for that very insightful comment, Maddie.
1: You're welcome, Taylor. You totally didn't set it up. (laughs) So yeah, his advice
0: is also really interesting. And I thought the way that he said, well, he used my favorite word, he said interesting you he said basically live an interesting life and something that you think is interesting because no matter how much maybe more successful by everyone else's standards um you the other person is you will be satisfied with your life because you find it interesting and i thought that was a nice tidbit of advice
1: I did too. I thought it was nice to kind of know that there's no one way to live an interesting life or a successful life. Like you don't have to make millions and millions of dollars to be satisfied and have fun with what you're doing.
0: Yeah. I, I also find that very interesting. We've talked about that a lot on our show so far. So definitely yeah. go check out our later episodes to learn more about what I am referencing.
1: <laughs> dun, dun, dun! So Matty, what are our usual announcements? Okay, I'll start them, but I feel like people get so bored with listening to them. But I'm okay. I'm okay so let's make
0: them fun this time. Are you ready? Okay, let's do this.
1: So wait, our website, wait, let's Maddie. try to trade off. You say oh. something and then I say something. Not like one word, like sentence by sentence. Got it.
0: Listeners, this is the inside mind of Maddie and Taylor. Okay, so yes. Our website is Aimingforthemoon.com Yep. And our social medias, medias, not just media, medias
1: are Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Yes, and our password and not our password. <laughs> password. <laughs> not the password.
0: Not the password. No, Sorry, not, not our password. <laughs> our usernames are on Instagram and Twitter. They are Amy, the number four, Moon. Check us out there if you want to see updates on what we were doing.
1: Our YouTube is Aiming for the Moon podcast. Just make sure to add podcast because there is a song called, I think it's Aim for the Moon. So a lot of YouTube videos on that will come up. All right, Maddie, what else do we say besides those thingies that we always talk about? <laughs> oh gosh. So, <laughs> so remember to review, rate, subscribe. Um, give us an honest opinion. Don't just rate us five stars because it makes us happy, though we would prefer five stars over one. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we really appreciate if you review and subscribe because um, that helps boost our self-esteem and helps us get noticed. So that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Yep. And as say, I always say.
0: Share it with the uncle you see once a year. Share it with your teacher. Share it with your teacher's friends. Share it with your friends. Share it with anyone who wants to listen to two teenagers interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. And with that, this this episode has come to an end. So thank you for listening. And don't forget. Set your sights high. And aim
1: for the moon.